Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio on Seattle's Cairo Radio. Long-Term Care Radio is brought to you in part by 525 Advisors, your local long-term care experts. Brian Ott is a certified long-term care planning specialist and will show you how to protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of a long-term care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting options you need to know about. Now, here's your host, Brian Ott. And welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. You know, when I was in college, I took statistics in the summer over an eight-week course. I had actually signed up during um, the, the spring semester, but another class came up, and so I withdrew, and I pushed it off and took it in the summer. And I had a great teacher. I uh, just really enjoyed the class. I got an A in the class, and uh, he just brought real-life examples um, to statistics. But I'll never forget he said something, which I have always stuck with. He said statistics can just they, they can be very confusing, and people use them in mis guided ways. And you hear it all the time on the radio. You hear things like, um, I I was listening to COVID the other day, like, yeah, Clark County has gone up 33% in COVID cases, hospitalization. So we're really worried about another wave of COVID. Well, 33% of what? That, That could be, they went from three people to four people, which means the fourth person of the Ott family is now in the hospital because all of them got COVID since they were living together. So we we just don't know how that is. Or they'll say things like fastest growing. So you went from one person to two people. Well, that's 100% growth. It's like, huh. So they can be very indirect or they can be direct. And I like direct statistics. Direct statistics gives us a very good, clear view of the overall picture. And I want to read one to you right now about long-term care. And this is in regards to people that are receiving long-term care services in their own home. And this is what it says. Two out of three people with disabilities who receive long-term care services at home get all of their care exclusively from their family caregiver, mostly wives and daughters. So this is 66%. Another quarter... 25% receive some combination of family care and paid help, and only 9% of the people receive paid help alone. Folks, there are millions of people in long-term care services, receiving long-term care services, the vast majority of them in their home, and the vast majority of them depend on family members for that care. And this brings us to the question of the week this week. And what we're going to talk about here is paying family members for care. Because I got a question from, from Laura, and I'm not sure where she's from. This came in on her website. She didn't put where she was from. But um, Laura asked, can I use long-term care insurance to pay family members? And as you can see from the statistics I opened the show with, there's a reason why this question is relevant. 91% of people receiving long-term care services in their home are relying on their family for at least part of that caregiving. And when it comes to paying for your family or paying your family members with proceeds from long-term care insurance, it is possible if you have the right pol- policy. And that's what we're going to talk today. Um, you know, not all policies will do that. The difference between paying a family member, that's called informal caregiving versus formal caregiving is when I hire that, you know, that stay at home service, you know, that comes in and provides that health in the home. Once you move out to a facility, whether it's an adult family home, an assisted living facility, um, a continuing care retirement center, it doesn't matter what you call it. Once you move out of the home to receive your services, you're now in a licensed facility. So that's formal care. 
But most people start their journey in their own home and they want to receive care in their own home for as long as they can. And the overwhelming majority of the people rely on family members for that. But before we get to all that, let's touch on just a couple basic principles of long-term care insurance and how it works. First, I want you to think, and remember, I always say this, it's a bucket of money that you can use to pay for care. So when you picture long-term care insurance, I want you to just picture that big bucket of money sitting there on your table. It was a bucket of money that you designed. It's tax-free to you, so it's cash. It does not count as income when you take the money out of that bucket. And in order to get your money, you need to trigger a claim in one of two ways. The first way out there now, the number one way as of 2019, is a cognitive impairment. So that's diagnosed with Alzheimer's or dementia or where you need standby assistance because you just can't make all the decisions you need to make to live safely. So cognitive impairment. The second way is needing help with two out of six activities of daily living. The insurance world calls these ADLs, activities of daily living, transferring, toileting, bathing, dressing, eating, and continence. And these triggers are the, the same, you know, cognitive impairment or needing help with two ADLs. It doesn't matter. As long as you have true long-term care insurance, all of the plans are going to trigger the same way. That's, that's the rules for triggering long-term care. You will need to meet your elimination period before you get your money. And the elimination period is the waiting period. The standard used to be 90 days. And now they're all over the place. Most of the asset-based plans, a lot of them will be zero day or they'll be retroactive, meaning that they will give you the first 90 days back on month four. Some plans are still just 90 days. That's because long-term care is defined as an event that's expected to last 90 days or more. But once you meet that 90-day elimination period, you will start receiving your benefits. Once you trigger your claim, your policy will pay these benefits out based on your contract. Now, some are going to pay a daily amount, meaning up to $100 a day. That's what the new Washington State program is that they're taxing us for. They're going to give you up to $100 a day for a year. That's it. They're going to look at every day individually. Um, Most of the plans now pay monthly benefit. Like my personal plan gives me a total benefit amount that they're going to pay just once a month. So keep that in mind. And what's going to happen is at the end of the month, you're going to have a bill that comes in and they're going to say, we will reimburse you or give you the money up to that amount in most cases. You can also turn your contract on and off. So if you have long-term care insurance, like I do in my 50s, and I get in a car wreck and I end up in rehab for a year and a half, I can use that long-term care insurance. And when I stop receiving those um, services, then my plan will sit there. My bucket of money will be able for me to dip into later in life. So those are some things you just need to know. Um, So now there are different ways a long-term care insurance contract is going to pay that money back out to you. So we we understand how you trigger it, what you have to do. You go through your elimination period. The most common method out there is called reimbursement. What this means is the insurance company will actually reimburse you for your qualified long-term care services that you receive. What are qualified long-term care services? This is always the, the, the million-dollar question. Everybody thinks there's this secret code out there that I'm probably not going to get paid for, but it's not. Any of those services that that home health care agency is providing you is a qualified long-term care service. The overwhelming majority of services in this country for long-term care are what we call custodial care by far. That's about 3 out of $4. That's the care that we give mom and dad when we're helping them out. So custodial care, but it's also going to pay for therapy care. Uh, skilled care, uh, physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy. My my grandmother had physical therapy coming in because she had sciatica. 
Um, but if you need skilled care, you have that stroke and you end up in the nursing home, long-term care insurance is going to pay for that. And it's also going to pay for personal care, light housekeeping, laundry, meal preparation, transportation to and from the doctor to church, whatever it is, getting your groceries for you. So all of those things are covered under long-term care services, qualified long-term care services. So a reimbursement policy is the way most of the plans out there work, the most common plan. So you're going to spend the money or most of them will actually even do direct pay. And we'll get into that here in just a second. So most plans will give you some flexibility on how that money is coming back into you. So if I've got a caregiver that's coming into my home, they're going to bill me. They're going to send a copy of the bill to the insurance company. You have a choice with some of these insurance companies to say, I want you to pay me directly. I want you to give that money back to my checking account. You can say, I want you to pay the agency directly. That's a direct pay. You can have the money sent to your power of attorney. You can even have it paid directly to a facility if you are living in a facility. So reimbursement is saying they're reimbursing you for what you spend. So if you're spending $5,800 a month and you have a policy that pays out up to $6,000, they're going to send you that $5,800. If you spent $6,500 the next month, they're going to give you $6,000. So they're going to reimburse you up to your limit until your bucket of money is gone. Now, remember that bucket of money doesn't expire. It's just simply if you're taking out the maximum amount, they, they might say it's going to last you three years. But if you're only taking half of that amount out, it would last you six years. So the money doesn't expire. It's just that you're going to get up to your limit um, per day or per month. Now, the advantages to the reimbursement plans... Um, there's no record keeping on your part at all. They are. This is handled by the company or the facility. There's an audit trail there, meaning that when you send a bill in, there's somebody on the other end of that looking to make sure that your service provider did not overcharge you. They didn't charge you for 12 hours of physical therapy when your plan of care only calls for two. Um, many companies offer a lot of additional services on reimbursement plans, and that's going to be claim support, the even concierge-level service where they assign somebody to you. So it's really just having somebody there to guide you and help you through this. And at the end of the year on a reimbursement plan, they give you a 1099, which says, hey, here's how much money you receive for long-term care services. You don't have to do anything with it. There's no record keeping. There's no taxes on it. It's just they take care of all the book work on that. Now, the biggest advantage to a reimbursement plan, by far, you will not be able to pay family members for care. So again, most reimbursement plans, and I say most because almost all of them, will not allow you to pay family members. If they do, they're going to give you a very small percentage of that benefit to pay family members or what they call informal care. But there is a way that you can pay family members with long-term care insurance, and it's going to go back to the question of the week that Laura had, which is why, you know, what Laura wanted to know, how do we pay family members if I have long-term care insurance and I want to pay them? So we're going to head into a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about how you set up a plan that will allow you to pay family members for care. We'll be right back. Due to recent changes in the Pension Protection Act, new asset-based plans guarantee a tax-free benefit for long-term care and pay you back with interest if you never use it. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free classes at 525longtermcare.com. Are you thinking of retiring in the next 10 years? Did you know you could spend the last of your working years paying into Washington State's new long-term care plan and not get a dime out of it? Beginning next... Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in to the Long-Term Care Radio Podcast. July 4th, can you believe it? Tomorrow, 
Unbelievable. Um, we have a couple classes coming up. July uh, the 14th, that's a Wednesday at 3 o'clock, and then again on the 24th at 9 a.m. Again, the classes are just on webinar format now. Once you sign up, you'll get a link, and that link will just get you um, basically directly into our class on that day, and you can watch it, and you can actually send us your questions. And it's just a real good way for you to get a good understanding of what long-term care is, how it works, what it pays for, what your options are. And then when you're ready to start thinking about planning, we'll be able to sit down and help you design a custom plan. So the question of the week this week, if you just tuned in, came in from Laura, and she wanted to know if she could pay family members with long-term care insurance. And we were just talking about the reimbursement policies. That's the way most long-term care policies are set up, meaning once you go on claim, they reimburse you or they'll do a direct pay to your agency that's providing the care for you. But most of them will not allow you to pay family members. for That's called informal care. So how do you pay for informal care? Well, there's actually a handful of plans out there that will allow us to do this. These plans are called indemnity or just nickname is cash, cash benefit plan. So think of you just get cash every month. The indemnity benefits are only available right now on asset base or hybrid long-term care plans as we call them. Um, but we currently have three to choose from that will actually allow us to set up a plan that gives us cash that we can use to pay family members. Here's how they work. You're gonna trigger a claim in the exact same way. So either cognitive impairment, or you need help with the two ADLs. You go through your elimination period. I have some that have a 90-day with zero retroactive. I've got two that have just a regular 90-day waiting period. And then you're gonna start receiving your check for the full benefit of your contract. So if you set up a long-term care insurance plan that says they're gonna pay you $6,000 a month, and for a minimum of six years, you turn that claim on, you're gonna get $6,000 every month paid to you until you die or until you've had six years of care paid out. So you have that bucket of money, you're just draining it down. Now, you just get the check. Some of these plans I can actually extend out to about seven years, but most of them are gonna be two years, three years, four years, up to seven years is how long the plan will last. The advantage of a cash or an indemnity plan is first and foremost is that you can pay for informal care. So that's family members, that means you can bring that money into your checking account and you can use it how you see fit. You get 100% of your benefit each month. So remember on a reimbursement, if I have $6,000 a month of benefit, but I'm only using $3,000 of care this month, they're just reimbursing you the 3,000, that's what they're doing. But on a cash benefit, they just give you the full 6,000. So if you don't need that other 3,000, you can just bank it. You just stick that money in your bank, it's your money, it's yours. Um, dollars can be used for any purpose. This is another advantage. They don't, they're not keeping track of it for, you know, are you paying a landscape or what are you paying your family for? They're just sending you the long-term care benefit. The IRS says you can receive up to $400 a day or about $12,000 a month, which is what they call their per diem amount, which they view as acceptable. Now, if you get more than that, it still can be tax-free. It's just that you have to verify to the IRS, and they will make you verify that you're spending that money on long-term care, covered long-term care services. So you can't be like, oh, I bought a car for my kid to run groceries for me. That's not going to be a covered expense. So just keep that in mind. The IRS is saying up to $12,000 a month, they're going to generally leave you alone. However, most people, most of the time, most CPAs are going to tell you that you need to keep track of your expenses. And so 
Um, informal care, another advantage for informal care is that it's usually cheaper than formal care. And what I mean by that is if, if I'm hiring an agency like Visiting Angels and they're sending somebody out to me, they're probably charging me 30 or $35 an hour. Well, that caretaker might be getting $15 an hour. So a lot of times with informal care, you can make arrangements to hire somebody that you know for you know the 15 or the $20 an hour instead of paying an agency $30 an hour. So a lot of times informal care can be less expensive than actually formal care in a care situation. These are great plans for people with special needs and adult children um, because, again, it's cash. So if you have a special needs child or an adult child with special needs that is living with you and they're going to be with you the rest of your life, you have that cash benefit plan coming in. It's just going to give you more money when you're in a care situation, and you can use it however you see fit. Um, I mean, think about this. They, they sound surprisingly good, right? You get 100% of your benefit. You can spend it on whatever you want, and you can pay whoever you want. But... There are a lot of advisors out there, and I'm not one of them. There are a lot of advisors that believe these are the way to go because cash is king. It's like you get your cash. There's no receipts. You don't have to do any paperwork. But let's look at some of the disadvantages because, you know, in life, there's two sides to every coin. So let's look at the other side of this coin on a cash benefit plan. Um, <clears throat> number one, by far, record keeping is your responsibility. Uh, you know, most CPAs, again, they're all going to say, look, you need to keep track of your, your, your expenses. That's a cash benefit plan because if the IRS comes in and they ask you where are you spending this money, they're not going to take the money back from you if you can't prove you spend it on care, but you will have to pay taxes. It'll push up your adjusted gross income. So that can just be a mess if you're audited. Um, the money is tax-free but it's taxable income to anybody you pay. And this is like, you know, the congressmen that always get caught because they had a house cleaner that they were paying cash. Well, it's the same thing. If you're paying somebody for informal care and you're just paying them cash, you become an employer. When you pay for somebody, you are now the employer. You're responsible for the taxes on that. You also have liability. Um, if you fall, for instance, in a transfer and someone's helping you transfer from bed to the shower or something, whatever it is, and you fall on them and break their ribs, guess what? That's a liability now that you've got to cover. So it can, it can be very messy, and this happens all the time uh, when people are trying to hire somebody through the community and they get hurt because caretaking, you know, it's a lot of lifting and lugging and doing those things. You're responsible for paying all the taxes on anybody you hire, so Social Security, all of those things, if you're going through an agency, of course, they're doing it. That's built into it. But if you're going to hire somebody from the community and pay them, again, that's your responsibility. You become that employer. Um, <clears throat> probably the biggest thing I don't like about these asset-based plans that are paid cash is that there's no audit trail. And what that simply means is that when you get services from that provider, let's say that you are hiring a formal provider, you have cash, well, they're just they they're billing you for whatever they want. You got to have somebody looking over that, making sure that they're doing the right things and they're not over billing you. None of that comes with the cash benefit plan. They're just simply giving you the cash. So you've got to have your own set of eyes on that constantly. Somebody that you really trust. Um, indemnity plans are more expensive, dollar for dollar of coverage than a reimbursement plan because the insurance company is going to pay out a lot more money sooner. Most long-term care cases start out kind of slow and they ramp up over time. But on a cash plan, you get your full benefit every month. And so they know they're going to pay a lot more money out right up front. 
Um, another downside to the cash benefit plans, there's no lifetime benefits available. These are all going to be limited to six to maybe seven years, about as far as I can spread those out. Some will only go out to four years. Uh, so you just, again, a couple different variations out there. Now, um, <clears throat> that doesn't make these plans bad by any stretch of the imagination. There are some great, great ways to use cash benefit plans, and here's my take on it. If you know you're going to rely on family members for care, and that makes sense to you, these cash benefits will work just brilliantly. They're just great plan for that because it just brings the money in, and you got somebody with you that you really trust. You can often get away with a smaller benefit plan because, again, the cash, the informal care is, is less expensive than formal care, so you can get a smaller benefit, which costs you less. Um, you just need to be aware of the legal liabilities and tax consequences of a cash plan. If you're taking, if you're paying family, it's probably not a big deal. But if you're paying somebody outside the family, you just got to be very aware of the risk and the consequences and be willing to accept that. Um, also, you can still use cash benefit plans for formal care, and most people do, believe it or not. Most people that take these cash benefit plans, it's just money coming into their account now, and they're going to have their power of attorney pay for the care services that they hire. And lastly, if you have that power of attorney that you truly, really trust, these cash benefit plans can just make a lot of sense. You just have to have somebody that can do the audit trail for you and keep track of the money, especially if you're in a cognitive situation. Now, stick around. When we come back from our next break, we're going to meet a client of the week, Justin, and I will show you how we designed a cash benefit plan for him and why. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Are you thinking of retiring in the next 10 years? Did you know you could spend the last of your working years paying into Washington State's new long-term care plan and not get a dime out of it? Beginning next year, this payroll tax forces employees to pay into a long-term care plan. You won't have a choice, and the only way to opt out is to have an existing plan in place. I'm not going to be paying this new tax because my wife and I have a plan. Through 525 Advisors, I recommend you do the same. Learn about this new payroll tax and new long-term care plans at a free live webinar Wednesday, July 14th at 3 p.m. Long-term care is such an important part of retirement planning. A good long-term care plan from 525 Advisors can make sure your care is funded and managed when you need it, protecting your loved ones and everything you've worked hard for. They also have plans to pay you back if you never need it. You think the plan from the state's going to do that? Attend the free live webinar Wednesday, July 14th at 3 p.m. Register now, 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Take the burden off your loved ones by making sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble, and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. 
Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back, and thanks again. Hope everybody's going to get ramped up for 4th of July. Things have really changed in most of the country, especially the West. It's so dry, and the fireworks are banned, and I've got a teenage son. I'm trying to explain that to him, why we don't shoot things up that blow up and are on fire when they come back down. So, um, But hopefully some of the cities will still get some of the nice... Uh, firework displays going. I'm going to be up in the mountains in Creed, Colorado, believe it or not. It's about 9,000 feet, and that's where we spend the 4th of July every year. We missed it last year because of COVID, but we are going to get out there this year, so looking forward to that and hoping uh, they've been getting some rain, so I think they'll probably be able to get their firework show going, which is always fun. So um, again, you heard a couple ads. We've got some classes coming up this month in July. We're pushing it out to the 14th, so we're a couple weeks out. That's on Wednesday at 3 o'clock and then the 24th at 9. And thank you to everybody that came to our classes this last week. Uh, We had two on Saturday and then one on Wednesday, um, which was just great. So uh, I appreciate all that because it's just a great way for us to get your questions answered and and help people. And... um, This week on our Client of the Week, again, this is my favorite part of the show. This is where we show you how we designed a plan for one of our clients and why. And what I want you to really just take away from this is don't get hooked up on the numbers, but just understand there's a lot of different variations when we're putting a plan together. It's like going shopping for a car. You know, if you know kind of what what we're trying to do is get you narrowed down to like, yeah, you need a pickup. Okay, well, it's a lot easier to buy a pickup and shop for the pickup if if we know that's what we want. But if you just need a car and you don't know one from the other, it's difficult. So that's why we have the radio show and the classes to try to get you kind of narrowed down on what you like and what you don't like. And Justin is 48. He's from Issaquah, Washington, and um, they just set set a new record, like 113 degrees or something out here. Um, this week when we had our little heat wave. It was it was pretty hot. I'm just about seven miles from there, and it was pretty dang hot where I was at, too. But, Justin, let's talk about twins here for a second. Justin has twin daughters who are 24 years old. He has a twin sister who has a set of twins. So their family is loaded with twins. I was just like, oh, what are the odds? Um, he is very close to his family and lives on the same block as his sister and her family. And you know, he just doesn't see ever being away from his family. He just grew up that way. Uh, he's a tech worker out here in Washington. He's going to work for another 10 years. And his biggest concern by far is the new tax coming here in Washington state. So it's a 0.58% payroll tax that they're going to charge all W-2 employees. If you do not have your own long-term care insurance in place by November 1st of 2021, you are going to be taxed. So, you know, he makes a good living and he says, you know, I just don't want to pay this tax for another 20 years. And I don't know that we're going to be here in Washington state. And again, if you move out of the state, you're going to lose that benefit. So that was his big driving force. Now, he wasn't opposed to having long-term care insurance. He just didn't think he would have to do it at 48. He thought, well, this is something I'll look into, but we'll look into it down the road. But now because of that tax, it's forcing a lot of these people out to say, hey, look, I either need to plan a little bit earlier or I'm going to get stuck paying this tax. Um, He loved the idea of having that source of money to pay for care so he could protect his assets and his savings. You know, he's got two daughters. 
He has two weddings to pay for, and he said with his luck, they're going to be in the same year because he said that's the way my girls operate. So they're going to both fall in love at the same time. They're both going to decide that they want to get married and go, I'm probably going to end up paying for two weddings back to back. Um, And again, he just really foresees being part of his family, you know, growing up with a twin and living right next to a twin and having twins and his, his sister has twins. They're just, you know, they're very close knit family. So what we found out about him during our conversation is Justin just doesn't want to pay into the state tax plan and not get anything back. That just really irked him. Um, He may get married again. He's not sure. You know, he's in a relationship right now, but he's thinking, gosh, if I do get married, I would maybe like the option of a plan that would allow me some flexibility. You know, can I either add to it or can I... Can I, uh, you know, turn it into a combination plan for for my my wife if she doesn't have insurance? So that was something that was on his mind. Um, he he would like to use income. He has savings. He has he has a nice little nest egg put aside. But he also has at the same time said, if I do a big lump sum, I have a lot of other expenses coming up. I just got my girls out of college, and he said, and now I've got to worry about you know, weddings and things like that. So I don't really want to pay a lump sum, but I, I, he likes the asset-based plan. He likes the idea of a plan that's going to pay him back. And that's just something that he was sitting there saying, gosh, I hear all these examples. I, I looked at your book. I, he came to our webinar and he said, I, I love the idea of getting paid back. If I don't use them, I just don't want to come in with a big lump sum. If we can work something around that, that would make a lot of sense for him. And Justin was very healthy. At 48, he was very healthy. He didn't have any concerns at all. So we had all the options available for him. So here's what we did for him. We structured an asset-based plan for him based on a budget, meaning that we didn't say, hey, here's $5,000 a month or $3,000 a month. We came into him and he said, I feel comfortable putting $10,000 a year in on a 10 pay. So he would have 10 annual payments of $10,000 or a total contribution into his plan of $100,000. So that's what he wanted to do. So we took and plan and we set it up for him and this will give him a initial long-term care bucket of money of three hundred and thirteen thousand dollars three twelve nine eighty six so again long-term care insurance is a bucket of money so justin today right now has three hundred and twelve thousand dollars in his bucket of money sitting on his table with his long-term care plan he just gave ten thousand dollars premium the plan is good today so these multi-pay asset-based plans work kind of like a traditional plan if Justin goes out and gets hit by the bus tomorrow, he's got coverage. He's got $312,000 in his bucket, even though he's only made the one premium of $10,000. So he doesn't have to wait 10 years to get the policy turned on. He's got coverage today. And I think that's an important point to remember. So many people think, well, if I pay now, I hope I don't go on claim in 10 years because I'm not going to get the benefit for 10 years. No, no, no. 10 pay just simply means the plan is paid up in 10 years and you've got coverage today. All long-term care insurance works that way. There's not the waiting of, you know, you don't have to wait till you pay up the policy before the plan is good. You get coverage today. That's why we get it. It's the same with our homeowner's insurance. They don't make us make 20, 20 annual payments before they cover our house. It's covered when you stroke that first check. And that's the same thing on these asset-based plans. So he's got $312,000 in his bucket of money. He can pull out $4,032 a month. So a little over $48,000 a year of cash. This is a cash benefit. So he's going to get that money out 100% of it, whether he's spending 2000 on care or he's spending 6000 on care, he'll get that full $4,000 paid to him. The plan has a 3% compound inflation rider. What that simply means is that bucket of money, I talked about this last week, the bucket of money is going to grow by 3% every year. So it's a compounding interest effect. 
his monthly benefit of $4,000 is going to grow by 3% every year and compound. So if we go out at year 20, he's got $7,000 a month, $7,071, and he's got $548,000 in his bucket. Go out 30 years, when he's 78 years old, he's got 9502 a month, $9,502 a month, and $737,000 in his bucket of money. At age 40, I mean, or 40 years out at age 88, he's got $991,000 in his bucket of money that he can pull out at $12,770. So if you're doing the math on that, you'll just divide that monthly benefit into the bucket of money. It's six years. He's got six years minimum of coverage. So that means he's going to have be able to pull that amount of money out for six straight years. Now, let's talk about win, lose, or draw. That's what makes these hybrid plans so popular. Now, remember, he's going to pay $10,000 for 10 years. If he goes on claim prior to 10 years, they have a waiver premium, so he won't pay that. But gosh, he's 48, so unless he gets an accident or cancer or something, hopefully he stays healthy. He makes it. He'll have his plan paid up in 10 years. If he wins and he lives his whole life, his $100,000 is paid back to the estate. Okay, that's just his premium. That's paid back to the estate. So he's always going to get at least 100 and that's a death benefit format, and it actually is, it gets as high as 138000 um in year 11. So the, the way this death benefit works, it kind of climbs up a little bit, and then it's going to taper back down. But the idea is to get his premium back if he doesn't use it. Now, if he goes on claim and he uses $50,000 of long-term care, the difference, that death benefit, the 100 minus 50, would be paid back to his estate. Now, if he loses and he ends up in long-term care, he gets that bucket of money tax-free. So again, 30 years down the road, he's got $737,000 that he can pull out cash-free at $9,500 a month. If he needs to cancel, so this is the draw. Win, you live a long time. Lose, you end up in long-term care. Draw, whatever it is. He gets married. He he um, decides he, there's a, something better coming on. Bernie Sanders Jr. is in and everything is free. At year 11, after he has paid up his 100000 into the plan, he would get 100% of his premium given back to him if he cancels the plan. So that is the cash surrender value on this plan. Now, if he has to cancel along the way, anywhere along the way, say at year five, he gets 80% of his benefit back. So if you do the math on this and you say, gosh, he paid $50,000 in over five years, he canceled, they're going to give him a check for $40,000, so that cost him about $2,000 a year. Well, folks, that's pretty much where he's going to be at on the state tax. So it's, again, it's just, it's a win-win for him. He doesn't plan on canceling this plan, but just know that that's what makes these hybrid plans so wonderful. There's some value in that plan. So get this too. One more thing that this company does, which is really, really unique. When he goes on claim, he gets a retroactive. So let's just go out and say that he's he's getting a $6,000 a month of benefit. At month four, he's got to go for the first 90 days, pay the first three months of, of care on his journey, and then at month four, they're going to give him a check for four months' worth of benefits, so a check for $24,000, and then every month after that, he gets $6,000. So it's a retroactive cash benefit. And again, you need a few days anyway to get these plans set up. The zero-day elimination period, nobody gets their money the next day because long-term care plans are kind of complex when they start out, and you got to get the paperwork and the plan of care and all that put together. So, but he's going to basically get all of his money from day one. They're going to pay that back to him. That's something unique. And then if he uses all his long-term care, so let's say that he he, he makes it out to 88, goes on claim, and burns through $900,000 of long-term care insurance, drains his bucket of money. When he passes away, the estate is still going to get a guaranteed minimum death benefit 
or a residual death benefit, they call it sometimes, for $19,000, $19,355. So when you do the math on this, it really cost them $81,000 regardless of what happens to get all of that $900,000 of long-term care insurance down the road. That's what's really, really cool about these plans. And again, it's a cash benefit plan. He can use the money to pay his kids. If he's living with his, his, his family still, his daughters, whatever it is, um, he's got the cash that can come in. And that was the other thing that was really important to him. He said, you know, I may even hire help. I'm not too worried about that. He goes, but the, the issue is I've got my daughters, my family. I'm going to be close. They will be my powers of attorneys. They will make decisions for me if they need to. And he goes, I trust them, and I have you know a close-knit family. So he wasn't worried about the audit trail part of the long-term care plan. So, you know, gets him out of the state plan, provides him growing meaningful coverage that he owns, provides him a maximum flexibility with that cash benefit. So if he gets married down the road, he can pull all that cash back out and put it into a new plan, if that makes sense. Or he can just keep this one, and we can add one for his wife. It's up. Uh, it's up to him. Um, and it provides insurance along the way. I, that's something I don't generally talk about. But if he goes out and gets hit by the bus at year one, you know, he gets a ninety-seven thousand dollars death benefit paid at the end of year one. It, it doesn't matter. He didn't have to pay the hundred thousand in to get that. So that's what's really nice about this plan. And it gives up the coverage today. A third of the people that go on claims are under age 65. So if he got in a horrible car wreck and needed you know, care for a year, he'd be able to pull that money out of that plan. And then when he doesn't receive benefits anymore, that bucket of money is going to continue to grow because it has that inflation rider on it. So just a really, really nice all-around plan. So uh, I'm going to come up for air. Uh, stick around. We're going to take our final break. And when we come back, let's wrap it up and talk a little bit more about aging in home. We'll be right back. Many people with near or over a million dollars in assets will mistakenly pay more in taxes in a long-term care situation than it would have cost them to set up an insurance plan to pay for the care needed. Learn more by attending Brian's free asset-based class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Are you thinking of retiring in the next 10 years? Did you know you could spend the last of your working years paying into Washington State's new long-term care plan and not get a dime out of it? Beginning next year, this payroll tax forces employees to pay into a long-term care plan. You won't have a choice, and the only way to opt out is to have an existing plan in place. I'm not going to be paying this new tax because my wife and I have a plan. Through 525 Advisors, I recommend you do the same. Learn about this new payroll tax and new long-term care plans at a free live webinar Wednesday, July 14th at 3 p.m. Long-term care is such an important part of retirement planning. A good long-term care plan from 525 Advisors can make sure your care is funded and managed when you need it, protecting your loved ones and everything you've worked hard for. They also have plans to pay you back if you never need it. You think the plan from the state's going to do that? Attend the free live webinar Wednesday, July 14th at 3 p.m. Register now, 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Take the burden off your loved ones by making sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble. 
and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back. And again, happy 4th of July. I cannot believe that snuck up on us. It's been such a such a crazy year and a half with this COVID, and I hope everybody's getting back out there and seeing their family. It's something that I certainly missed. We're going to be able to get back out to Colorado this year. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. have a little house in Creed, Colorado, and we always go out there, and they have a little parade, and they have fireworks, and I've been taking my kids out there since they were babies, and um, just had some wonderful times. In fact, I remember when my, uh, my, my aunt and my grandfather were over, this was about 10 years ago, and we had stopped and bought these fireworks. We drove out there. We had this little motorhome. <laughs> we stopped in Wyoming because Wyoming is like buying them at the Indian reservation here. You can get whatever you want. So we stopped in Wyoming and bought these fireworks. And we had this like like big box that was like this missile launcher thing. And we went out there and put it in our grass and lit that thing up. And it takes off shooting. We're like, ooh, yay. You know? And all of a sudden the thing like falls over and it's pointing at us. And we're kind of cornered in this little section of the porch and my my aunt got shot in the butt my mom was like trying to hide and 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 my my grandfather at the time was just like oh my gosh what are you guys doing and we were all trying to get back in the house and that thing it was like had like 36 shots or something coming at us and so we all lived through it nobody got hurt but it was just one of those things i thought oh gosh you know um and then it's been so dry that we haven't had a lot of fireworks nobody's been able to shoot the personal fireworks off for a long time that's pretty much the the rules of the west now but Again, looking really forward to getting out there, spending time with family. And, uh, you know, that was the house that I have in Creed, Colorado, that uh, my grandma lived in her whole life. She was raised by her grandmother. And she moved out of that house from Creed, Colorado, over to Delta, Colorado, because Creed's at about 9,000 feet and Delta's at about 6,500 feet. So she was trying to get out of the elevation because she was married to her third husband at this point. That's a whole different show. But um, he couldn't handle the altitude. And then she started her long-term care journey in the home in Delta and then moved to an assisted living facility, ran out of her insurance, and I ended up buying that home from her to keep it in the family. It's been in the family for about 100 years now. So, you know, started out as a little cabin. So it's um, just just very meaningful to us. But I always think of her when I go back there um, because that's where she spent most of her life, and she wanted to be in that home, and she loved it. And most people do. Most people want to age in their own home. And so when we talk about this long-term care planning, three out of four people do start their journeys at their own home. And, you know, do you, if you ever think of those statistics and you say, gosh, why is that? Why do so many people start out at home? Well, Captain Obvious, it's where most of us want to be. It's where we feel comfortable. It keeps us in our community. It keeps us close to family and friends. It's a familiar setting. And, you know, we don't have to move, right? That's something that's just really nice. But is home the best place for aging? The research says no. Um, And not surprising when you think about this. Um, People who tend to 
age at home and receive their long-term care services at home generally receive a lower quality of care. Um, They are more socially isolated. They suffer higher rates of anxiety and depression. And they don't live as long as the people that move into an assisted living facility. And there's, there's a lot of factors on that. And so my question is to you, when you think about this, why do so many people receive long-term care services at home if that's not the most ideal place to receive that care? Well, first go back to the statistics. Two out of three people are relying on their family members for all of their care. They don't have a choice. They, they, Family members have to step up. They can't afford moving into a facility. So that's that's a lot of it. Um, they never plan for long-term care. They just never, they, they never really thought about it until it was too late, and then they can't get the insurance, and they don't want to bleed down their assets, and they're trying to protect their house, and so they end up trying to live in their house and try to get family members to come in with them and take care of them, and that's generally how it starts. And remember, Medicare doesn't pay for long-term care services. There's still a lot of people that believe that somehow Medicare is going to step in and pay for that, and it doesn't pay for the long-term care support you need. Another reason, I think, is that people forget, you know, they don't, the reason why they're at home is they don't ever, they don't adjust their lives ahead of time. And what I mean by this is that, you know, a lot of people just get in the groove and they're living in a home. And I've got two two distinct examples in here. My mother-in-law watched her mother go through long-term care and ended up living with her younger sister. And she said, gosh, she saw the experience, she saw what it was and said, I don't want to do that. I want to get settled somewhere before I end up in there. So she moved out on her own accord and moved to an assisted living facility, just kind of more independent slash assisted living. So they have some services and stuff there, but she's pretty much independent, has her own place. So she's settled there now, and now she can age out her entire life there. And my father-in-law was able to age his entire life out there, and they were settled in. Very nice two-bedroom assisted living facility. Now, on the other side of that equation, I've got my mother who is in Colorado. Well, it's a much more rural area. There's not a lot of options. There's not a lot of places to move into. And like the assisted living facility there, I think it's just a step away from a nursing home. And so people in those situations tend to just start aging in place. And what happens is it gets harder and harder and harder to get out. And then all of a sudden, it's like a lot of times that journey ends up being straight to a facility. You get put there. You don't get to move there. So statistically, when we look at it, the vast majority of people, I would say, realistically are in their own homes, number one, because they don't have any other choice. They, they don't have the resources to move to a place or they would have to sell their home to move to a place and they don't want to do that. But the downside of that is, especially if you are a caregiver out there or you've been there, you know how it is, you become very isolated, especially with cognitive impairment. About two thirds of Alzheimer cases out there are women. And so a lot of times it's the surviving husband that is trying to take care of them. And then, you know, until they they lay down on the couch and have a heart attack. And then the kids are trying to step in. They're trying to figure this all out. And the families become more and more isolated. It's harder to get out. It's harder to do things. When my grandmother moved from her home to an assisted living facility, it was wonderful in so many ways. And the, I remember that. It was, I tell the story. It was, it was the summer of 2010. My mom came out here to Colorado and spent three weeks with us. She came from Colorado out to Seattle, and it was wonderful. And th- what was wonderful about that is my mom hadn't been away from home. She basically was either at her house or she was driving over to her mom's house in Delta, Colorado to help her and take care of her, and she was trying to manage two lives at once. 
Once my grandmother got into the assisted living facility, she got the care that she deserved. We had 24-7 care there. She became more engaged. She had people there. They had Friday night socials. They had a community. And my mom got her life back and was able to travel and be a grandmother to her kids and do those things. So we talk about this. Most people, if you if you pull them and they say, where do you want to age? Most people want to say, you know, I want to live and die on the back 40. I, I want to be in my home. I want to take my last breath on my own pillow. And that sounds good. That sounds nice. But what we're also finding from the research is that a lot of people that move into a community, whether it's a continuing care retirement center or it's a, an assisted living facility, those people tend to be socially healthier physically healthier, they get better levels of care, they're more engaged, and they live happier years, their last years of their life. And so that's something to keep in mind. And I mean, I'm in my 50s, and I'm already thinking that through. Like, how do you get to a place where you can engage and go down and play cards and do those things? And that tends to be the experience for some of these nicer facilities. The downside is those facilities cost money, and you've got to be able to have the ability to set yourself up where you can pay for those. And that's where long-term care insurance planning comes in because it'll allow us to start that journey at home like my grandmother did, but then also bring that policy with you. So when you move to the assisted living facility now, it's going to cover everything. It's going to cover your rent, your taxes, your food, your Friday night social. That's the power of long-term care planning. So um, again, I hope everybody has a wonderful 4th of July. Stay safe. Um, When you get back, we do have classes coming up on the 14th. That's going to be a 3 p.m. Wednesday And then Saturday, the 24th, that's 9 a.m., we're going to go over what long-term care is, what it pays for, how you trigger your plan, the difference that what we talked about today, cash versus reimbursement, uh, what Medicare pays for, what Medicaid pays for, just give you a good overall feeling. And for those of you that are in your 50s and you're working, now is a great time because we can get you out of that state tax that's coming. And again, we only have till November 1st to get that plan in place, and it takes time to do that. So definitely join up at 525 longtermcare.com and we'll be glad to educate you on your options. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Event info, planning resources, and long-term care radio podcasts can all be found at 525longtermcare.com. To schedule an appointment with Brian Ott, call 425-748-8188. That's 425-748-8188. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free long-term care planning class, visit 525longtermcare.com. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 to Long-Term Care Radio with your host, Brian Ott, on Cairo Radio.